Good morning, and welcome to Simply Sports. It's Wednesday, February 28th. On today's show, we discuss Williams' readiness for the draft's top teams while idle in Indy and delve into Stefan Gilmore and Jordan Lewis being among Cowboys' top free agents on defense. Plus, the USMNT is set to face Brazil in a Copa America tune-up. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Sports. We start off with a hot topic as we approach the 2024 NFL Draft. Former USC quarterback Caleb Williams is under the spotlight, with the Chicago Bears holding the number one pick. There's a lot of speculation about Williams' future. He's been open about his admiration for Chicago legends Michael Jordan and Walter Payton, and he's expressed excitement at the prospect of being chosen by the Bears. Here to delve into this is Abby, our correspondent at Simply Sports. Can you tell us more about Williams' journey to the NFL and his thoughts on the upcoming draft? Certainly, David. Williams has been preparing for this moment since he was a young boy. He's excited about the prospect of joining a new team, and he's particularly interested in the Chicago Bears, who hold the number one pick. He's expressed that he'd be just as excited if the Bears trade the pick and he gets drafted by another team. He's also dismissed any notion that he would request a trade or wants to play elsewhere. What does Williams think about the Bears as a team and the city of Chicago? Williams has spoken highly of the Bears, noting their talented offense and defense. He's also expressed interest in the city of Chicago itself, having admired its sports legends and enjoyed its deep dish pizza. He's looking forward to his first date with Chicago, with a meeting planned in Indianapolis this week. What about the Washington Commanders, who hold the number two pick? Williams has mentioned that it would be cool to return home as he grew up in the area and attended high school in Washington, D.C. However, he's clear that his main focus is to win games, regardless of the team he ends up with. What can we expect from Williams at the NFL Combine? Williams has said that he won't be working out at the Combine, but will throw at USC's Pro Day on March 20th. He's also not planning to do medical testing at the Combine, but will do that in his individual visits with teams. He's not planning to sign with an NFL agent, as he has a team of attorneys and advisors to handle contracts and endorsements. What's his mindset as he approaches this pivotal moment in his career? Williams is excited and ready to get back on a football team. He's looking forward to meeting with the media in Indianapolis and giving everyone a sense of who he is as a person and his love for football. He's also eager to start building a rapport with his new team. Thanks for those insights, Abby. Now, let's switch gears to the NFL, where the Dallas Cowboys are facing a challenging offseason with key defensive players set to become free agents and a tricky salary cap situation. Mike Zimmer, the new defensive coordinator, has acknowledged that he is inheriting a good unit, but there are some tough decisions ahead. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Sports. Can you tell us more about the Cowboys' situation? Absolutely, David. Of the 16 players set to become free agents, eight are on the defensive side of the ball, and seven played key roles either as a starter or role player. This includes players like cornerback Stefan Gilmore, who the Cowboys would like to return, but the question will be price. He made $10 million last year and turns 34 in September. 
Then there's cornerback Jordan Lewis, who had a phenomenal return from a serious injury and has been a valuable part of the Cowboys' defense. What about the defensive end position? Defensive end Dorrance Armstrong, who finished second on the defense in sacks the past two seasons, is also set to become a free agent. He's only 27 and likely to receive a larger offer from another team that the Cowboys won't be able to match. This means the Cowboys will need former second-round pick Sam Williams to step up. And what's the situation with the safety position? Safety. Jaron Kearse's future seems uncertain. He was a valuable part of Dan Quinn's scheme because of his ability to play multiple roles and defend tight ends, but he was not as good in the 2023 season as he was in 2022. He has a history with Zimmer, having played with the Minnesota Vikings, but he was never more than a role player. What about the defensive tackles? Defensive tackles Dante Fowler Jr., Neville Gallimore, and Jonathan Hankins all have expiring contracts. Fowler was productive but had far too many penalties. Gallimore, a former third-round pick, never really found his niche in his past two seasons. Hankins brings value to the defense, and the addition of Zimmer as defensive coordinator could make him even more valuable. Finally, what about the special teams? Cornerback CJ Goodwin and long snapper Trent Sieg are both set to become free agents. Goodwin is essentially a coach on the field and is highly valued by special teams coach John Fassel. Sieg did a nice job in his first season with the Cowboys, forming a top trio with Pro Bowl kicker Brandon Aubrey and punter Brian Anger. The Cowboys certainly have some tough decisions to make. Thanks for that update, James. In other sports news, the United States men's national team is set to face off against five-time World Cup winners Brazil in a friendly match on June 12th at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. This announcement was made by the U.S. Soccer Federation on Tuesday. Here to discuss this upcoming match is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Sports. Can you tell us more about this friendly match and its significance? Certainly, David. This match is the second friendly that will serve as preparation for this summer's Copa America, which is being held in the United States. The USMNT is also set to play Columbia in Landover, Maryland on June 8. The head coach of the USMNT, Greg Berhalter, has expressed excitement about the opportunity to play against Brazil, citing it as a great preparation game for Copa America. When was the last time the USMNT faced Brazil? The USMNT last faced Brazil in 2018. Brazil has a rich history of success in soccer, having won the World Cup five times and the Copa America ten times, the most recent of which was in 2019. The USMNT's record against Brazil is 1-18-0, with the lone victory coming during the 1998 CONCACAF Gold Cup. Tell us more about that lone victory. In that match, goalkeeper Casey Keller pulled off several spectacular saves stopping 10 shots in total, while Predrag Preki Radosavljevic scored the lone goal. It was a tournament that Brazil took part in as a guest team. What's the significance of the venue for this upcoming match? The USMNT has played numerous matches in Orlando in recent years, including the 5-1 victory over Panama in March 2022 that effectively sealed qualification to the 2022 World Cup. However, the match against Brazil will mark the first time the U.S. has played at Camping World Stadium since January 1998, when a goal from Roy Wegerl saw the U.S. defeat Sweden 1-0. What's next for the USMNT after this friendly match? The U.S. will begin its Copa America campaign against Bolivia on June 23rd, 
They will then round out the group stage with games against Panama and Uruguay. These matches will certainly test the team's preparation and ability to perform on the international stage. That's certainly something to look forward to. Thanks for that, Michael. In other news, former Boston Celtics star Paul Pierce has recently opened up about his controversial departure from ESPN. In his new podcast, The Truth Lounge with Paul Pierce, he discusses the incident that led to his firing and his thoughts on the matter. Here to delve into this is our correspondent, Celeste. So Celeste, can you remind us of the incident that led to Pierce's termination from ESPN? Certainly, David. Pierce, who was a studio analyst for The Jump and NBA Countdown at the time, was attending a friend's birthday party. He was playing poker, there were girls dancing, and alcohol was being consumed. Pierce decided to share the party on his Instagram Live, which showed him drinking, smoking, and being massaged by women in bikinis. This video violated Disney's morality clause and led to his termination from ESPN. And how did Pierce react to his termination? Pierce was surprised by the termination, as he didn't assume anyone had seen the video. He was disappointed with how it went down, stating that he didn't do anything illegal and was just having a good time. He also revealed that he was planning to leave ESPN by the end of the year, as he felt his opinions were being held back. It seems Pierce has some criticisms of ESPN and other networks. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. In the debut episode of his new podcast, Pierce made some pointed remarks at ESPN and other networks. He questioned the morality of these networks, citing examples of employees talking about women, strippers, and drinking alcohol on set. He argued that he should be free to do what he wants in his free time, as long as it's not illegal. And what can we expect from Pierce moving forward? Pierce hinted at the existence of additional insights related to ESPN that he might choose to share in the future. It seems like he's ready to speak his truth without any corporate restrictions. It will be interesting to see what he reveals in his upcoming podcast episodes. Indeed, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Thanks for the update, Celeste. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Sports. We'll see you back here tomorrow.